0: Hola, cariño. Hola, amor. Y hey, bienvenidos to Uy, que horror, a Latinx Horror Movie Podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I am Eileen. And we are here talking about horrible things. Yes. In a lovely, in a lovely light, if you will. Oh, my God. You guys were in December. I it's refuse December. to believe
1: it reviews how are we here
0: we're here the year's almost over it's been two months of wikiro wow that's we've done one two three four f- nine films this is our 10th movie
1: what a good pick for 10th movie you didn't do that on purpose did you
0: i did not i did not pick on for any reasons other than this is a movie we should do
1: (laughs) also i guess fun fact about our our fucking podcast is we did a trial episode which was pan's labyrinth and yes,
0: we did a we did a trial because we wanted to see it would this fucking work, and, work <laughs> and we did. And, so, and we did Pan's Labyrinth and here today we're revealing that we're doing the sibling film mm-hmm. of Pan's Labyrinth which is El espinazo del diablo aka The Devil's Backbone
1: directed by Guillermo del Toro who as you know directed Pan's Labyrinth and uh as usual, he fucking nailed it.
0: Here at Uikuror, we <laughs> actively don't want to do Spanish films because yeah. they are <laughs> our colonizers. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people have been saying, like, you should do Rec and you should do whatever other fucking Spanish film. And here's the thing, guys. Much respect, Spain, but... Unless there is someone from Latin America involved, we ain't doing y'all. You know, I even
1: looked up Rec to be like, maybe there's an actor or somebody in this movie that is not from Spain, but that shit is Spanish as hell. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this movie that we're doing is ve- like we are going to dive deep into like historical Spain.
0: Españolísimo.
1: Tapatos left and right, <laughs> but it's Guillermo del Toro. So yeah, Who, listen, he's
0: he's his parents. I think were I don't know if his parents were specifically like from Spain, but he is Spanish descendant. So
1: I did not know that. Okay, but he was born in Mexico. Oh
0: yeah, he's from Jalisco. Ay Jalisco no te Did you ever see the Three Caballeros? <laughs>
1: The Three Amigos?
0: No, The Three Caballeros. Three Amigos is Steve Martin and all that. No, Three Caballeros is is a Disney movie where it's Donald Duck, Zé Carioca.
1: Of course, but it's been. Some fucking other red parrot.
0: Mira, déjame decirte that the song, because there's a scene where the red parrot, who is like the Mexican parrot, he comes out and he like sings a song. And it used to be on one of those um, Disney sing along VHSs that used to just would be just a compilation of like random songs from Disney movies, and I would rewind that Mexican parrot song over and over and over again, because I was obsessed with him being like, we're three happy chappies with happy serapis. We dance underneath our sombreros. And basically, like, Disney took the song that is about Jalisco and, like, put a bunch of words in English. And then at the end of it, the... The parrot, whose name I don't recall, sings "Ay Jalisco no terrajes. and I <laughs> would pass the day singing that. And my mom would be like, "Shut the fuck up, you fucking kid." <laughs> Anyways, so so our Jalisco being
1: from Jalisco, <laughs> <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. Yes,
0: lovely. Um, so we are doing uh, "El Espinazo del Diablo." We are thrilled to have it be our 10th movie. Uh, Johnny, how about you give us a sweet little synopsis synopsis. of this film?
1: All right, everybody, here we go. So after Carlos, a 12-year-old whose father has died in the Spanish Civil War, arrives at an ominous boy's orphanage, he discovers the school is haunted and has many dark secrets which he must uncover.
0: That's what happens. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so let's just dive right into this Vámonos. Spanish Civil War fucking situation uh with the cutest little boys you will have ever seen oh in God. your life. Guillermo del Toro loves a little kid lead and he knows exactly how to cast those fucking kids.
1: They're never bad. Never. They're never bad. Ophelia from Pan's Labyrinth Ugh. stole my heart out of my body. But let's talk about these incredible Yes th- this incredible cast of kids.
0: Absolutely. So El Espinazo del Diablo, directed by Guillermo del Toro, came out in two thousand and one. It was written by GDT himself and uh, Antonio <laughs> Antonio Trasoras and mm. David Muñoz. And right at the top of this film we see that it's produced by, Almodo- by Almodovar.
1: Yes, I wrote this down. However... It's
0: two different it's, Almodovars.
1: Yes, so that's... I was like... I thought it was, like, director Almodovar, but it's not. So it's,
0: it's they're both producers. So it's it. Agustín Almodovar and Pedro Almodovar. Are, 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 did I look up if they were brothers? I did not. In my mind, they were.
1: I d- read the the connection, but I cannot remember. I'm gonna say it's brothers or cousins. But
0: let's say or brothers. Brothers. Or lovers. Yeah. It'd be weird if we say uh, if, be. if we say lovers and the same. <laughs> they're brothers, and then it'd be their brothers, uncomfortable.
1: We are very sorry. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we have an Animal Out produced movie, which is awesome because the man is killer. Oh my gosh. And we hear a lovely Soothing uh, narrator voice, basically like a voiceover of somebody saying que es un fantasma. What is a ghost? And mm. it's a tiny monologue, basically saying: Is it a tragedy? Is it pain? Is it something that's dead but seems alive? A thought in time? A blurred photo? An insect in amber? What is a ghost, basically?
1: What a beautiful way to start this movie, and also what a gorgeous idea behind, like, asking you that question. Like, do you believe in ghosts?
0: Uh, You know, I go back and forth often, but I think I'm so afraid of them that, yes, there's no way that I can't not be believing in them, because I'm so scared.
1: (laughs) Same. Like, ghosts scare the shit out of me, and I also go back and forth, but this almost presents it in like a scientific way. Like it's like compared to like a blurred photograph, whatever, you're like, I can understand that. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: so as this voiceover is happening, we see the bottom part of a plane open up and a huge torpedo bomb-esque situation (laughs) (laughs) just fucking falling down. So it's falling from the sky. And we see the, f- the ground below us from where that bomb has just dropped. And there's like explosions and light and it's nighttime. Uh, so you mm-hmm. can tell there's some sort of like war stuff going on. And we see a little boy lying on the ground with a big gash on his head. And there's blood like streaming out of it. And another mm-hmm. little boy comes over to him and like is- picks up his head and kind of like sees the blood. And all of a sudden, that little boy with the gash in his head is tied up and thrown into a pit of water is what I will now refer to until the end of time.
1: Like a rusty, murky pit of water. But you
0: see this like boy has now been tied up and he's drowning. And the blood that was streaming before is now floating out of his head into the water. And all of this happens as this voiceover is going on it seems like the little the other boy is the one that threw the boy into the water
1: right he seems very like sh- he's like shaken shook, up for yeah for lack of a better word shooketh. yeah shooketh shooketh yeah exactly he's standing over this kid's body
0: yeah and so when the body hits the water that's when the credits start rolling and it's like that same murky water and you see stuff floating in it. But as you're watching it, you're like, this looks like a, a womb. It looks like a yeah. baby in there. And you see a spine uh, that's like pointy and weird looking. And then you see mm-hmm. the credits that say, El espinazo del diablo. So once the, credits, once the credits roll away, we see a car is driving through this insane, massive desert and uh, there's two men and a little boy in this car. They arrive to a huge fucking house in the middle of nowhere. Like this
1: Oh my god. is in the middle Nothing.
0: of nowhere. Just desert yeah. and a fucking house. Mm-hmm. And we see that there is one of the most beautiful men I've ever seen in my life working Ooh. outside of this house.
1: Just tank top, sweaty, wearing a uh... I'm not going to say overalls. It's not overalls. Suspenders. Suspenders. Yes. He's like cinched. He's got beautiful brown hair. His name is Jacinto or Jacinto. Which I didn't Um, hear
0: until the end of the movie. So all my notes are hot caretaker. So (laughs) HC.
1: Leave it at that because he is gorgeous. So
0: I was like, oh my God. Like I literally said it out loud. Like, holy shit. This is so. attractive
1: i remember the first time i saw this movie was around when it came out like back in 2001 One, yeah when, and i was you know just a fresh how the fuck old was i at that time i don't know 17
0: I was, or 18 because that's how old that, i was right
1: and i remember like me freshly come out i was like holy <laughs>
0: shit yeah
1: this man is incredibly attractive.
0: Yeah, it, it's uh, rude how hot he was. So they, yeah. they, the two men that are bringing this little boy in go into the school, or it looks like a school. You can kind of tell yeah. by the time they enter, there's this huge courtyard, and there's a giant fucking bomb in the middle of this courtyard. But it's like old-timey bomb. It's the bomb we saw from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah. What's that movie where the guy rides the nuclear bomb oh, God into damn
1: it. it's a uh, how i learned to fucking how i learned
0: to stop worrying and love the, the atom war. bomb
1: some shit i don't know yes it looks like that it, it looks like the the one he was riding
0: yeah that's like a tube with like a little tail at the end
1: mm-hmm. so
0: this bomb that fell at the top is now in the middle of this school's courtyard And um, this little boy, like, comes right up to it, and he's like, holy shit, a fucking bomb is in the middle of the school.
1: And somebody specifically says um, it's been defused. Yes. But it's, like, they couldn't take it out of the ground for some reason. It must be really deeply embedded. However, like, what a smart choice on Del Toro's part to put that in there, because it's, like, constant threat. It's been Possibly defuse, But like Just such a smart choice To put that there
0: She The woman that says it Which is like The, the Has glasses And is like the, A teacher yeah. or whatever And she's like It's been diffused, It's fine Don't worry about it He knocks on it And he hears like Sounds from within Yeah And from what you said, it made me think of Chekhov's gun. Like, Anton Chekhov always has a gun in his plays, mm-hmm. or something of in that vein, and when it's brought up, you know that it has to go off at some point. Sure. And... Uh, That's what I was like, this bomb, at the end of this movie, if this town isn't annihilated by this bomb, I'm going to be surprised.
1: It's it's the constant threat of danger.
0: Absolutely. So we learn that these two men, Ayala and Dominguez, are the guys that are bringing in this little boy, Carlos, to this orphanage slash school. One of them is wounded, and we basically learn that they are leftists, Mm -hmm. and they are against the Franco regime, which, again, why it's kind of a sister movie to Pan's Labyrinth, because it's that same time period and same war. Mm -hmm. And they're talking to this older man, Dr. Casares, and an older woman, Doña Carmen, who, Doña Carmen, did you see, did you find her familiar at all?
1: I found Casares familiar, but tell me about Doña Carmen.
0: uh, Doña Carmen, I don't know if you've ever seen All About My Mother, Todo sobre Mi Madre. Oh, my
1: God. It's been so long. Holy she's, shit.
0: Yes. And also The Skin I Live In, which are both Almodóvar movies. It's been And ages. she's been in a lot of stuff. She is like an actor. Mm-hmm. Where do you know Casares from?
1: Pan's Labyrinth. And Cronos.
0: Who, who the fuck was he in, in Pan's Labyrinth?
1: I'm pretty sure he was the doctor.
0: Boy, estás loco.
1: I'm pretty sure. Hold on. It's Federico Lupi. He-
0: you're right. Wait, 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 no. wait!
1: Now hold, hold on, hold on, everybody, hold on! Now I need to check. <laughs> I was like, "That's the fucking doctor." Hold on. No, mentira, mentira, mentira. But he was in Pan's Labyrinth. He played. Who was he? He was the king of the underworld, Ophelia's father. We even fucking talked about this when we oh, did what we did, Pan's okay. Labyrinth. I'm so sorry.
0: I was gonna say ese no era porque el doctor in Pan's Labyrinth was a shorty McShorterson and this man is pretty tall. Yeah.
1: Federico Lupi was in Pan's Labyrinth, however, it was more like a I guess like a cameo. But he's yeah. a he's a big Guillermo del Toro guy. Like he
0: and you said he's in Kronos?
1: He's in Kronos, yes.
0: Which we still haven't seen we gotta do and that we'll one. do eventually. Yeah, we got So they're so they're all talking in the kitchen and um they're basically like, listen, this little boy, his dad was a comrade, like a fellow dude in the in the shit, and uh, he fucking died. This little kid does not know that his dad is dead. Can you believe that? Uh, can you fucking that's believe that? Awful. To just just have him hoping that his dad is going to come back and pick him up and whatever. Doña Carmen, who has, we learn in the scene that she has like a crazy steel slash wooden leg. She's like, dude, I can't keep taking these like boys that have been abandoned by their fathers because they have ideals. Like we're a bunch of reds taking care of a bunch of reds as kids. Mm -hmm. And she's like. We're fucked either way. Like if they come and find us, we're fucked because we're just ho- housing all these babies, and mm-hmm. we're also against the regime and
1: from from what I read about this war, like it was particularly brutal. So men, women, children doesn't matter if you're against us. They you're didn't dead. give
0: a fuck yeah. yeah so and and they're like, take this gold with you because she has a bunch of gold for the cause, quote unquote. She's like, here, take this because you can buy guns with it. I can't buy bread with it, which is very true. You can't walk into town and be like, here's my bar of gold. Three loaves of bread, please. Like, that's not how it works. So Carlos, who is the little boy, is out in the courtyard. He picks up a slug and he looks out into the kitchen doorway and he sees a little boy standing there. He's a little translucent. You can kind of see his bones and yeah. stuff. It's very fast, and he does a double take, and he's like, oh, wait, he's gone. So the first image that we see of the haunted place mm-hmm. is this little boy. Two other little boys approach him. Uh, they're Galvez and Buo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buo means owl in Spanish. Which is perfect and, for this child. Yes, in which Galvez says, no habla nada. Pero mira mucho, which means he doesn't say a lot, but he looks a lot or sees a lot. And as they're walking away, you see another vision of this tiny boy at the door, like being ghostly and creepy. The little kids are talking to each other And they are like trading comics And like what do you have And oh you're the new kid And do you have any candy Do you have any bread Like what's your deal What's Mm -hmm. going on And he's like I have comics And they're looking at these comics And uh, Galvez says I have marbles I'll trade you for this Like this one is (laughs) This one is made esta hecha de moco y barro Which means this one's made of snot and clay which is so gross and then he's like six months worth of snot
1: and carlos is holding it like you could you could have told me before i grabbed this thing (laughs) That it's that's
0: boogers boogers. (laughs) and as these little boys are talking we see another boy that's standing by the bomb he's watching these kids and he comes on over and we learn this guy this kid's name is jaime Mm. and he's just a bully they're about to punch the shit out of each other when we see that Ayala and Dominguez the two guys that brought Carlos literally put down his little suitcase and walk out of that door and he's like hold on hold on what's happening and he grabs that suitcase and chases after the car that is driving away Mm -hmm. into the desert And he's left behind in this orphanage.
1: This kid killed it. He killed it. My heart was broken for him. It's so
0: sad. And then sweet Dr. Casares comes over and he's like, oh, I see you're reading Count of Monte Cristo and tell me all about it. And he's like very sweet and gentle with him. We cut to Dr. Casares explaining the orphanage to Carlos. And he's like, this lady is this person, this (laughs) this other lady doña carmen she's very guapa Mm -hmm. she's the principal and carlos is like Is she your girlfriend? I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) You're getting to the dirt, my guy. Because there is an air of like romance.
1: Absolutely. You can tell that there's like a light flirtation, but that it has been going on for a long time.
0: These are two professionals that are living and working in this orphanage, and they're close, but also the boundary is there. I mean, their beds Um, literally
1: butt up against the same wall, for God's sake.
0: Exactly. And not
1: for nothing, but these two older people, People are very attractive older people.
0: Incredibly attractive. Yeah,
1: well put so together. So attractive. Yeah, Yes, absolutely.
0: absolutely. <laughs> so as he's explaining this orphanage to this kid, Carlos is like, why can't I go with my dad? And fucking Dr. Casares is like, let's talk about something else. So uh, we cut to Doña Carmen is bringing Carlos down a long hallway. And uh, everything is very teal and green which is very shape of water kind of color tone you can see guillermo del toro in the set and the costumes he loves that like 1920s 30s look yeah. of things
1: this particular movie aside from like the teals and the greens was super dusty Like very, very dusty, amber colored, beautifully done, though. Really beautifully done.
0: Gorgeous. I mean, he always, always, it's a pleasure to look at all his shit. So, so there they, she leads him into the giant room filled with beds of the little boys. He gets bed number 12. Carlos asks Dona Carmen, he's like, why are so many beds empty? She's like, some have tried to escape, which I don't recommend to you because it takes a full day for you to get to the town that is closest.
1: Which just go also goes to show, like, how alone they are here.
0: Yeah. And as she's telling him this stuff, she has, like, her ring of keys that those classic old-timey teachers always had. So she has a ring of keys, and she kind of looks down on it, and she notices, like, you... You can tell that one of them is maybe missing or something Mm. has gone awry with her keys. And then all of a sudden, a stampede of little boys come running in. And one of the kids is like turns to Jaime, the bully, and is like, did you see where the new kid's at? He's got Santi's bed. Mm -hmm. Now, Santi, we're going to assume, is the dead kid.
1: And Jaime immediately like doesn't even let the kid finish his sentence. He's just like, shut up. He doesn't want to hear about it.
0: Because at the top, I don't know if we've said this, but at the top, when we see the dead little kid who we is who is Santi, the other kid who discovers him, who seems to have murdered his friend, is Jaime, mm-hmm. the bully. So now we're in the kitchen room or in, like, a room where people are, where the caretaker, hot caretaker Jacinto and his, and two, like, goon dudes are sitting there eating dinner. And, um a maid slash helper lady who his name is Conchita comes in, drop off food. And the two goons are like, what are you talking about? You should just stay here. You're hidden from the war. You get food. You got a job. Like what the fuck else do you want? And Conchita says, well, we're going to Granada. We're gonna get married and we're gonna get a little farm and it's gonna be great. And she goes to touch his hair and he kind of like, pulls away immediately you're like oh you're kind of a dick and you can see on conchita's face she's like a little like okay and as she walks away you hear the goons you hear not the goons you hear jacinto say i don't need anyone i don't need anything i'm gonna do it on my own yeah so again another like little dick move because conchita can still hear him yeah (laughs) just a tiny dick move so As they're talking about this to the goons, he's like, don't worry, I have this. And he has one of the keys that was in the ring of Doña Carmen. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm going to get that fucking gold, which is the gold that is for the cause, quote unquote. So this guy is just a douche, a very handsome, hot douche. (laughs) What a shame. Oh man. He says goodbye to his friends. They go to the door and they drive away. Conchita's there with him and she's like I don't like those guys they're slimy I don't I don't dig them and he's like yeah well I don't care he explains that he used to be an orphan in this school right. and he's like I don't want anyone to know that I was here 15 years ago and he basically hates the school he hates this place and he's like I have dreamed of like coming back and Destroying this place, like having enough money to just like lay it down flat, and she's like, "You need to relax." Kind of. I mean,
1: he's still an orphan. Even though he left, he still came back, and you know he might be working there now, but it's still they're still putting him up. You know, so it's true. And he clearly, clearly has not dealt with all his fucking trauma. He's just still harboring all this resentment and shit. Too bad he's so hot.
0: Too bad. God, the (laughs) most, I can't get over how fucking hot this guy was. So we see Carlos, the little boy. He's in bed. He's been crying. It's his first night in this scary place. And he's just, like, upset. And he looks over to the closet that's by his bed. And he sees that the word Santi has been carved into it. At this point, you hear a whisper. And it's Carlos.
1: But it's like Spain, Carlos Carlos? Yes,
0: Carlos. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Carlos. And you hear little like footsteps. <laughs> you hear little footsteps running around. And then so the only form of privacy these poor little boys have are fully just like sh- sheets separating yeah. each bed. And. On the other side of the sheet, a, there's a little boy shadow and he pulls the curtain aside and there's no one there, yeah. which is terrifying. Oh,
1: horrible, yeah.
0: All of a sudden, all the water jugs from at the feet of these little boys' beds, because they have like, you know, water in the middle of the night jugs, they start sure. falling over. And he sees on the ground that there's little footprints in the water walking away
1: at this point you know there's a big fucking clatter because the the pictures are being thrown over so the boys start to wake up
0: and they're like you gotta go get more water for us so go to the kitchen how
1: interesting that the older kid Jaime he's like always like with his his pajama shirt open and he's like you know like I'm older I'm cool it's so weird I'm I'm the
0: bad I'm intimidating to all the little kids yeah I'm a bad boy Yeah. yeah
1: yeah okay
0: And he's like, hey, bitch, why don't you go to the kitchen and get us more water? And Mm -hmm. poor Carlos is like, guess what? I'm not afraid, but if you want to show me that you're not afraid, then you fucking come with me. And so the two of them go into the kitchen, which is past the bomb in the courtyard and Mm -hmm. past Jacinto's little like caretaker home, which is right by the door. And the little boys are like, you're going to hear el que suspira the one that whispers
1: this little kid carlos though he looks like a sweet little cute baby but he is really really brave he's so brave I just love to see that in a kid especially when he's being threatened by a bully it's just that like he's standing up for himself
0: yeah so they go through the courtyard jaime says he believes that the bomb is still alive he's like if you mm-hmm. knock it you can hear a heartbeat every time you pass by that bomb You're like,
1: it's going to go off right now.
0: So they pass by the caretaker house and they see Conchita and Jacinto and they're listening to music. They're kind of like making out and stuff. Jaime, you can tell, is watching Conchita. And immediately you're like, oh, he's got a little crush on her. And mm-hmm. when they start to kiss Jacinto and Conchita, he
1: doesn't want to look at it. No. Yeah.
0: And so they go into the kitchen, which is locked with a chain, and they kind of slide their tiny little kid bodies through. And they're just pumping at that water pump. And it was just like, mm-hmm. pump your water, pumping it up. And it looked cool and refreshing. Absolutely. So Jaime pumps his water and he's like, "All right, I'll wait for you outside." And sweet Carlos is like, "Okay, I'll pump it." And in this, in the kitchen, there is like a hanging pole with like these old timey rusty scissors hanging on it, off of it, and they start to jingle jangle and then clang. Those scissors fucking fall, and he's like, "Holy fuck!" Holy
1: fuck. I would it, me at that age, goodbye, bye. I'd be out of there,
0: bye. And he grabs that jug <laughs> and he hides because. Jacinto is like who the fuck is in the kitchen and when he goes into the kitchen he goes to a panel in the wall that he kind of like removes and there's a huge safe behind it and he takes that key that he showed off to the goons before and he open tries to unlock the safe it doesn't fucking work the lamp that he had brought with him which is like a fire a lantern uh yeah. <laughs> I was like, how do you call a fire lamp a lantern (laughs) Um, Uh. that goes off like it blows out? Mm -hmm. And this breeze seems to come from a doorway that leads downstairs. And you hear kind of like a like a creepy, windy thing. And he kind of leaves, doesn't give a fuck. He relocks the kitchen door with the chain. We see that Carlos pops out of a tiny hole, and he's like, "I'm gonna pump my water really fast, and I'm gonna get the fuck mm-hmm. out of here." And he hears Santi sounds.
1: springs. yeah.
0: I'm from España. <laughs> <laughs> Just Espanolísimo. <laughs> so, when he hears a whispering after Jacinto leaves, he goes down the stairs that we hear the whispering from, and he finds the pit of water, which then makes me think of, is the water that they're drinking that water?
1: I also thought that. But it doesn't, when they're pumping the water, it doesn't look all rusty and gross. I, I, I hope not, but who knows?
0: I think they're drinking the dead boy water.
1: Gross! That's fucking
0: disgusting. <laughs> I know. Uh,
1: is this where we get our first real visual of
0: the it kid? It is. He sees. He hears little footprints or foot. He hears footprints. He hears footsteps that go behind like a pillar. The camera pans and you get the full face of Santi. And what what I thought was really cool is that around him at all times is. Tiny little floating yeah. stuff, and then his gash on his head is bleeding, but not down his face the way that you would see blood mm-hmm. normally. It looks like it would be underwater blood, but in the air. Does that make sense? His
1: actual physical body is underwater, so like the ghostly representation looks as if he were underwater
0: that is so well said way better than what i fucking just said he looks like it's whatever anyways so so he goes to see behind the pillar where he thinks that ghost is not there we also hear santi says to carlos muchos van a morir a lot of people are going to die the ghost touches Carlos's little shoulder, and he's like, ah, and then he fucking books it. When Carlos is trying to get out the door, we see that Jaime is on the other side smoking a cigarette. When Carlos finally gets loose, and he's walking again past the bomb back to the rooms, he sees the little boys are up in the, uh, the window up high, and they have slingshots, and they fucking crash his jug of water.
1: Of course, with that noise here comes Jacinto looking angry as hell
0: I was so scared of him at that moment I was like oh he's
1: charging charging yeah
0: and then it's the next morning and we see Dr. Casares and he's like reciting some beautiful poetry with like music playing and he's getting dressed the camera kind of like pans through the wall and we see Doña Carmen in bed in a very, like, sexapilosa negligee. Mm -hmm. She's listening to him recite this beautiful poetry, and she puts her hand up against the wall. It's very, like, romantic and longing.
1: He's clearly doing it on purpose for her benefit.
0: Oh, he is romancing her ass. And it's going to sound
1: weird for me to say this, but I appreciate the kind of, like, making her an object of desire mm-hmm. because she's a beautiful woman even if she wasn't like I, I really appreciate that because she's older yeah she, she's just like magnetic yeah like, she is a sexual beautiful powerful being yes and I love that that is recognized
0: I agree and not only is she like a sexual powerful being but she is a disabled woman like she is a woman uh, th- yes, with a fake too. leg like she, yes. she would be considered a full troll from hell and any other like
1: they would turn her into like a witch yeah or something
0: absolutely mm-hmm. and this is, and here's an, a man of also of a certain age
1: who looks great who
0: looks great but is like literally doing the most romantic thing which is reciting poetry which at that time was like an art mm-hmm. very beautiful uh, we we then cut to the lunch room, I guess, which is right by the kitchen area, and Conchita is handing out un granito de fuerza to everybody, like a little grain of strength. Which, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, was a coffee
1: bean. That's what it looked like to me. I
0: wrote down vitamins, but what are they gonna have charcoal because it was they black? Don't
1: have fucking money. I think if anything, it was like because they had so little money. And hardly any food to feed these boys. It was kind of like a symbolic thing. Like, this will keep you strong.
0: But also, maybe the caffeine would curb their appetite.
1: And give them a little, you know, boost.
0: Yeah, granito Mm -hmm. de fuerza. Carlos is in trouble for going out and breaking a jug (laughs) and getting water and blah, blah, blah. And Dr. Casares is trying to get his accomplices out of him. And Carlos is being a very good little boy and saying, nope, I was by myself. I will not snitch. He's a good kid. He's a good kid. And then Dr. Casares, who is very smart, is like, okay, you're fine. Go have breakfast. And, And he sits down next to Doña Carmen. And she's like, you didn't get it out of him. And he's like, watch the kids. Look how hungry they are. They're shoving that bread and milk into their face. But... When he passes by, the people that he was doing this with, they're going to look up at him. And lo and behold, Jaime, Galvez, Buo, and some other bitch all look up from their plate of bread and milk and they're like, boom, right there. So Dr. Casares figures it out just just from knowing little boys,
1: and I love that. I'm pretty sure the very next scene, it's them like with their punishment, which yes. they have to like move Jesus on a cross, <laughs> all, all this shit. shit. <laughs> but the boys, instead of being like, "What a fucking asshole," Doctor Casares is. They're like, "Damn, he's smart." I really like that. That they have respect. They're like, "Okay, you got us."
0: Game, recognized game. Yeah, exactly. And while they're doing this, while they're putting up crucifixes and like, ¿Quién sabe qué? Doña Carmen, she's talking about the cities that have fallen. As she's talking to Dr. Casares about, like, the cities that have fallen, she says, why don't you go back to Argentina? You know, you'll be fine. You don't have to deal with this fucking nightmare. And he stands next to her and puts his little finger on top of her little finger. And he's like, this is where I'm staying. He says, maybe the French will come. Maybe the British will come and help. We don't know yet and she says Siempre agarrandote a un clavo ardiendo You're always holding on to a burning nail mm. which means you're holding on to moments that may not happen like you're you, a burning nail mm-hmm. is hurting your hand and yet you're holding on to it because you expect the best you know what i mean like
1: this will not work out for you in the end
0: you're hoping in a hopeless situation we fell in love in a hopeless place rihanna you know <laughs> uh but he basically is like i'm here i'm not going anywhere and i think that gives her a little bit of comfort and that little pinky over pinky is just so so lovely so sweet.
1: But he's uh, staying clearly for her. I mean, of course, you know, he cares about these boys, but It's obvious
0: her. that he stays because he loves her. We cut back to Carlos being at the water pit. He's trying to talk to El que, Sus- El que suspira. So he's trying to talk to Santi, the boy who whispers. Jaime comes in with his tiny goons and he's got a fucking knife. He's like, all right, I'm gonna fuck you up. And Carlos grabs some steel iron thing and chucks it at his head And Jaime falls into the pit of water. And the Mm -hmm. other boys are like, he doesn't know how to swim. He doesn't know how to swim. So Carlos, being the sweet boy that he is, dives in. We see Santi at one point like swimming in the background. So Carlos saves Jaime. He pulls him out of the water. And here comes fucking Jacinto, hot caretaker. He grabs the the switchblade and he's like, whose is this? Sweet Carlos, again, Again. isn't a snitch. He says, it's mine. Uh, Jacinto grabs Carlos and he's like, listen, if something happens to you guys, they're going to fucking blame me. And then Jacinto, this piece of shit, hot motherfucker, slices Carlos's face with that switchblade. And he turns around and says, if you you tell anyone that I did that to you, I'm going to fuck you up. So now Carlos is with dr casares getting his little cut fixed and carlos asks dr casares do you believe in ghosts because i think i've seen one here and dr casares Mm -hmm. is like fear can manifest itself into all kinds of stuff and he's being very gentle and sweet and like he heads over to these fetuses that he has in jars he's like this is called el espinazo del diablo and he Points to this to one of the babies whose spine is formed, but on it's outside. on the outside of his little body. He's like, we preserve these babies with rum and different spices and clove and all this stuff. And I, we sell this rum in the town. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's
1: like. People believe it has like, it it helps with impotence, you know, like, and this is how we support our little orphanage here. And
0: as he's saying all this, he grabs like a fucking ladle and just scoops out some baby juice and puts it in a shot glass. And he's like, would you like to taste this? And Carlos is like, I'm cool. I didn't see a ghost. And I literally wrote, is he going to take this shot that he's holding to the face? And boom, to the face.
1: Well, the plot only continues to thicken from here on out, speaking of this kind of shit.
0: Carlos is now back in the, in the huge room, and he's sleeping. We see, again, a shadow on the sheet that is separating him from the other bed. It's not Santi the ghost. It's all the little boys. And they wake him up, mm-hmm. and they go to a different room to like read comics and look at Carlos's like little trinkets that he brought with him including a cigar ring that Jaime, who seems to have like let go of his bully stuff a little bit ever since he got saved by Carlos in the water pit. He's like, how about we swap for this nudie picture that I drew? They're like, whoa, good job. You did a good job drawing this nudie lady. (laughs) Except some kid (laughs) is like, the chichi is drawn wrong. This looks like a mouth. So instead of it being like, you know, a vagina. It looks like a smiley face that's horizontal. yeah, On her crotch. (laughs) It's so hilarious. And so they're, you know, being boys and looking at this, like, nudie pic and all this stuff. And Jaime keeps the cigar ring in secret. And then Carlos hears a whisper and he's like, do you hear the whisper? And they all become quiet and the camera kind of goes down the hallway and you hear grunting and you're like, hold on, this is fucking. And it opens up into Doña Carmen's room. And I was like, oh shit, they're doing it. That shot of baby juice probably did the job and now they're banging. But no, Doña Carmen is getting fucked. By fucking Jacinto, the hot caretaker dickhead.
1: Okay, first of all, yes, Doña Carmen, get (laughs) yours because he's a very attractive man. However, I'm assuming that she was working there when he was a little boy. So it's just fucking weird.
0: And he explains later on that... They started fucking when he was 17.
1: <gasps> I didn't catch that.
0: Yeah. They finish and she's like, this is the last time. And he's like, you say that every time. She's ashamed. You can tell this is something that she's not proud of. He goes over to her chest of drawers and he's like, again, with her wheel of keys, her ring of keys, he's pulling out one and putting them in his in his pocket uh, of his pants who are that are thrown over this chest of drawers because he is Yeah, because he's nude it. and she tries to put her <laughs> her fake leg back on she's like this leg it's heavy it hurts me but i do it because it holds me up and as she's saying that they start to get ready to fuck again
1: oh they start
0: Oh, yeah, they he fully enters her. Like, there is... <laughs> he, he, he goes inside, and the camera pans over, and we see that Dr. Casares can hear them, which is heartbreaking. heartbreaking.
1: However, I'm sure he had heard this before.
0: Which is even... God, listen, I'm a piner. My love life, my entire life has been from afar, I love thee. Why can't you see <laughs> that I am the best thing that there is for you? So I could really, like, Dr. Casares, I... You could feel it. I could feel it. So we come back to the boys, and they're talking about the war. Uh, Galvez explains that the day that the bomb fell into the courtyard, a little boy disappeared, Santi. And they're like, that's the boy whose bed you sleep in. We think that the ghost came with the bomb because they believe that when the bomb fell, Santi got afraid and ran away and that now he lives somewhere in the desert with a nice family or that he was horribly murdered. And then the next day, the little kids and Jacinto are loading up the car with Conchita and also with Dr. Casares who comes down and he is real sassy with Jacinto. Because it's the oh, night yeah. after he's heard them banging. Jaime, while everybody's like loading everything up, goes up to Conchita and he gives her the little cigar ring that he took from uh, from Carlos. And she's like oh I love it. And he's like it's not real gold but it looks like it. And she's like I, to me it is real gold. Mm-hmm. And she puts it on her finger. Jacinto kind of sees all this happen and he goes up to her afterwards and he's like what the fuck is all this about? She's like It's kids stuff. So her and Dr. Casares head on out into town to sell their baby rum, which is disgusting. The boys are now in class with uh, Doña Carmen. They're learning about mammoths. And Jaime and Carlos sit next to each other. and, And Jaime has been drawing a picture of a mammoth. And Carlos very sweetly, he's like, maybe one day... When you draw comics, I can write the stories for your comics. And Jaime's is like, fuck you, I do my own shit, basically. So it's nighttime and Carlos is back in the room and he decides to go through Jaime's locker. And he finds his book of drawings that he has. As he's going through it, he finds a picture of Santi, uh, like a drawing of Santi with his gash and blood in his head. And now he knows that
1: there's a connection between Santi and Jaime.
0: Yes, and he's well aware, like, are you the murderer? And now we're Mm -hmm. in town, and the doctor sees that a bunch of soldiers are lining up some people... to be executed out in the open in this town. And one of the men in that line is Ayala, which is one of the two men that brought Carlos in at the top, who was like a comrade and, you know, all that stuff. We see that the goons, Jacinto's goons, are in town as well. And one of them goes up to the doctor and he's like, someone you know, Doc, as he's watching them get their fucking heads blown off. And, yeah. and the doctor is like, nope. I have no idea, because the minute you're fucking connected to anybody, you're fucked,
1: dude. And this also shows that even though this town is, you know, a full day's walk away or whatever, it's getting closer. Like, this war is getting closer.
0: Yes. We head back to the school. It's nighttime, and Carlos is walking over to the bomb, and he asks the bomb, if you're alive, show me where Santi is a piece of red ribbon flies off of it the ribbon leads him into the room where santhi is he goes to the pit he touches the water and he's like where are you i don't want people to die and then he gets scared and he runs back to the house and Santi basically follows him And not running, just, like, ghostly following him. And he goes into this huge, long hallway. And from across the way, he sees Santi is there. Poor Carlos gets so freaked out that he runs into a closet. Santi is banging on the door. And he's holding on for dear life, like, please don't come in here. And then he looks through the keyhole and, uh, listen. Classic. Classic jump scare city but and we saw it coming a mile away i literally had my hands over the screen and was like i know it's here i know it's coming and bam there's that dead eye in the keyhole yeah cut to our friendly lady with glasses that explained to us what why the bomb is in the courtyard she's like the teacher lady the teacher lady she walks over with a bunch of sheets she opens the closet and carlos screams she screams and he runs out and now it's, we're in the kitchen room again, the lunch room, and it's mail time. And the same lady is giving all the little kids mail. The doctor comes in in a big hurry and he pulls Doña Carmen aside and he's like, I can't tell you this in front of the kids, but I was in town, I saw Ayala get executed if he got executed, it means that they not interviewed him. What is it? When you're in a, they intero- a interrogated, cop, they interrogated him. Mm-hmm. And so we need to get the fuck out of here now because he probably talked. She's like, I need to get some stuff. But yeah, let's fucking go. And she's like, what about the boys? And he's like, we'll get as many as we can out of out the fuck out of here. And oh, and another thing, he's like, grab the gold and we'll use it to like get the fuck out of here. And she's like, the gold is for the cause. And he's like, fuck the cause, dude. We're about to get murdered. We need to get the fuck out of here. And she's like, Mm -hmm. great. I'll go to the safe and get some papers and then we'll go. She goes to the safe, here comes Jacinto. And he's like, what about me? You're gonna leave me behind? I want that gold. And she's like, this is all you wanted all along was the fucking gold, right? And he's like, yeah, bitch. And she even says, she's like, you know what? When you were here, you were the saddest orphan. And he's about to, like, fuck her up and threaten her when the doctor comes in with a shotgun. You fucking touch my lady, I'll annihilate you. Yeah. Fucking Jacinto is like, you can say your poetry and you can be all romantic and stuff, but I'm the one who has to fuck this bitch. And so when he says, I'm the one that has to fuck her, good old Doña Carmen with her steel handled Kane Kablamo to the face Mm -hmm. and they kick him out. So the kids are now packing up their shit and they're filling up the car. As they're packing their things, Jaime comes up to Carlos and Carlos is like, I know that Santi is dead and I know that you know that too. Basically like, I know you killed him. Back at the car Dr. Casares is like okay, Conchita go grab some extra bottles of gas so that we don't fucking die out in the desert and she goes to look and they're all gone and she sees that the door that leads out to the back is open and she looks around there's no one around she comes back to the car and she hears that the gas is leaking and she looks over and she sees that there's gas that's being led into the kitchen and so she follows that gas Oh, and she also has the shotgun at this point. Because when she went back to the truck, she grabbed the shotgun. And all the cans of gas are all in front of the area where the safe is. Mm -hmm. She sees that... um, Jacinto. Jacinto. (laughs) (laughs) But when she gets to the kitchen, she sees that Jacinto is there. And he's pouring gas on everything. And she Mm -hmm. has the shotgun. And she's like, don't do this. And he's like, what did you think? Did you think that you and I are going to get a farm, what, for free? Like, that's not how it works. And she's disillusioned. Obviously, this man is a man she doesn't know. He's fucking insane. He's insane. 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 Mm -hmm. And he's like, so you're going to shoot me? Fucking shoot me. And he's flinging at the fucking rifle. And because she's a little nugget, she lets go and it blam it shoots him in the shoulder and the cigarette he had in his mouth falls off his mouth and he's like blows on it so it'll flame more and he flings it at the gas and Conchita's like get the fuck out of here get the kids out of here the sweet teacher Chunky teacher with the glasses is trying to stop the fire with a sheet.
1: Why are you doing this? Why? You know that this shit's going to blow up, honey. You're crazy. Doña Carmen is, like, helping her. Get the
0: fuck out of there. Get the fuck out of there. And the fucking place explodes. Like, literally the fire engulfs glasses, Magoo, and Mm -hmm. blows Doña Carmen and Dr. Casares, who is outside... Also gets fucking blown to hell. The
1: car then explodes. The car
0: explodes because the gas was leading into whatever. And the little kids mm-hmm. that were around there. Like literally it destroys the place. Mayhem. Dr. Casares comes to. He sees that some little kids are dead. And he's trying to like figure out everything. He goes into the kitchen. And it's. Full of dead kids. A nightmare. As he's walking through. He hears like gr- sounds. And he pulls. He pulls a piece of like debris off of Doña Carmen. She's dying. Mm-hmm. She's like I have to tell you something and he's like no no no, just let me talk. And he's like I learned a new poem, do you want to hear it? And he recites. Okay, I'm going to cry now. The performance this man gives and the this mm. the camera both of, both of them. But the the camera is you see mostly her. It's his profile as he's like leaning towards her he opens her shirt and there's a piece of like a huge glass shard in her chest like in her heart and he's just reciting this beautiful poem of like when it's my time to go stay with me mm-hmm. which is what he does with her and he's just like hit, sobbing. I'm, I'm, sobbing it was so it's so beautiful. sad so she dies he puts a sheet over her and he's like walking around like in the disaster Conchita decides to go to to the town so she can try mm-hmm. and get some help. And she's like, it's gonna take me a full day. So Better get started. Jaime, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. And he gives her un gran un granito de fuerza, which is very sweet. And she so shows sweet. him that she's got his cigar loop on her finger. Off into the distance she goes. Doctor Casares grabs the shotgun and heads up to a high window and he's like, I'm gonna set myself up here because I know that motherfucker is gonna come back. That motherfucker Jacinto. He's like, he's gonna come back, I'm not gonna let him, so I'm gonna fucking post up and I'm gonna have this shotgun and I'm gonna fuck him up if he tries to get up in my shit. There are like seven kids left over now they set up the because everything got shook so they set up the beds kind of in their own way. And mm-hmm. everyone's kind of asleep. Carlos and Jamie. Jamie? Carlos and Jaime. <laughs> I read it. I read it and my mouth said it. Carlos and Jaime uh, are sitting and they're talking to each other. And Jaime's like, I know you know the truth about Santi. I didn't kill him but I was there when he died. And so this is the reveal. The day the bomb dropped, Jaime and Santi were in the water pit collecting slugs, which is very gross. They hear some like noise and Santi goes upstairs and catches Jacinto fucking with the safe. Jacinto sees Santi has seen him so he runs downstairs after Santi and he's like what the fuck did you see did you see the safe and he fucking slaps the shit out of this poor kid and then he pushes him towards one of their like concrete full rock walls and Santi smashes his head and falls down and is like seizuring like he fully fucks him up when he pushes him. Yeah, Jacinto is freaking out. So what do I do? Well, I guess I fucking chuck him in the water pit. And used to be a dick, is probably still a dick, is the reason he's a dick. Jaime is standing behind a pillar, and he hears Jacinto go grab a rope. He goes and sees his friend dying, and this is the scene that, the first scene we see in the movie is this moment. Of him like picking up his friend mm-hmm. and looking at him, and then he hears that Jacinto's coming back down, so he hides again. Jacinto ties him up and throws Santi into the water, and then Jaime runs to the into the courtyard, and that's when the bomb lands in the courtyard. We cut back to the uh, room with Jaime and Carlos, and Jaime says. Ever since that day, I've been terrified of Jacinto, but I'm not anymore. Cause next time I see him, I'm gonna kill him. And I was like, I believe it.
1: So do I. Let's get it done. Let's, Let's do kill it. Kill
0: this beautiful dickhead. <laughs> we see Conchita is walking down the desert road, and a car is coming up towards her. Uh. And this car is inhabited by Jacinto. And his two goons. And he gets out of the car and he says something that made me so fucking angry. And he says, Pedime perdon. Tell me you're sorry. Tell me you're sorry doesn't encapsulate what pedime perdon sounds like. Because pedime perdon literally translates to ask me for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And she looks him in the face and she's like, I'm not afraid of you. He pulls out Jaime's switchblade that he kept and he's like, Pedime perdón. And she looks at him and she's like, Sos una bestia. Mm-hmm. And which means you're a beast. And he fucking stabs her and she fucking dies. Now we're with the boys again and they're pulling out glass shards from poor little Bua's back. And so they run back up to where the doctor is at his window, ready to fucking kill anybody. And he's like, we did what you said. We took the glass out of Buo's back, but he's still bleeding a lot. And they hear a car approaching. And Jaime and Carlos go to the window and they're like, look, a car. Somebody's coming. Somebody's coming. The doctor's like, go get my music and my, my discs. They put the gramophone, face it towards the window. Now, I'm sure this has a meaning of some sort because there was a lot of revolutionary type music that Mm -hmm. had like Spain is ours and like you can't take this from us and that kind of stuff that was kind of popular because it was like.
1: It was used politically.
0: Politically, correct. Mm Correct. He plays this music out into the window. The guys in the car come out. They can see the three of them up there. And the goons are like, you said he was dead. And they're like, okay, we'll just wait. So they get back in the car and they drive away. And the little kids are like, they're gone, they're gone. And he's like, okay, great. I'll still be here in in my fucking posted up spot. The boys go run back down. We see that Carlos is collecting potatoes and he picks up a rotten apple and he sees Santi. At this point, he's like, I'm not afraid of you anymore. What do you want? And Santi says, I want Jacinto, bring him to me, which gave me a lot of um, vuelven vibes.
1: Absolutely. Bring them yeah. to
0: me, yeah. yeah. Bring it to the totally. pit of death yeah. that we have. Jaime goes back up to see the doctor. He sees Dr. Casares has died because he had a wound under his, his chest. He died holding his shotgun. His eyes are all open. There's flies, like, all over him. And so Jaime grabs the shotgun. Lo and behold, who's already in that room? Fucking Jacinto. So Jacinto and the goons corral the kids to help take the rocks off of the safe that has been exploded out of the wall. Jacinto gives Jaime the cigar ring that was on Conchita's finger, just like as a fuck you. I was like, I know where you were crushing on my lady. And here, she's fucking dead now. After Jacinto walks away, they do a zoom in on his face. And I was like, that kid's going to kill you, dude. So once the rocks are all taken off the safe, Jacinto and the goons lock up the kids. Jaime legit gives like a fucking Patton style speech. And he's like, listen, motherfuckers, we need <laughs> yeah. to fuck these guys up. You know, and one of the little boys is like... But they're bigger than us and they're adults. And he turns around and he's like, "See, sí, pero nosotros somos más. <laughs> Which means, yes, but there's more of us. Pero nosotros somos más. Somos más. <laughs> <laughs> so they literally start, like, whittling oh sticks to make spears. They're legit making spears. They find a little window. They lower Galvez because he's the littlest one to go unlock the door. When they do, he lands on his ankle and fucks it up. Poor thing, he's a mess. I was like, you could
1: still hobble over. Yeah, there, you could just go. But he's go, like, I'm, I can't do this. <laughs> I'm done. <I'll> sit here.
0: <laughs> so they're like, okay, we need somebody else to go through the window to open the door. How do we do this? And then as Galvez is sitting there with his little like fucked up ankle. Like a, like a man comes into the side of the, the screen and you see flies and you're like, oh, shit, it's the fucking doctor. And then all it's of a the sudden ghost. the door opens and all the kids mm-hmm. come out and they're like, well, what happened? And he's like, el doctor. Now, at this point, Galvez doesn't know that the doctor is dead. So he probably just assumed like, oh, he came in and he's fucking- for the help. Yeah. So he's like, the doctor came and he said that we need to be brave. And that I'll be okay. Because his little ankle was fucked. And meanwhile, the goons, they can't find the gold in the safe. All they see are fucking um, pictures and and notebooks and stuff. Where Jacinto finds a notebook that has his name on it. Because this is where she kept all these boys, like... Probably information, birth certificates, pictures, whatever the fuck they had in case the parents came back and they're like, well, here's all the personal belongings they had. So he's going through this notebook that has his name and it's pictures of him and his mom and his dad. And he's like, look, look at my my dad. He's such a handsome guy. He was an accountant. There's a picture of him all by himself with a quote in the back that's like a prince with no land. You're no one basically. Yeah. And he's like, I'm absolutely sure that the gold is somewhere here. It can't not be here. And the goons are like, if you can't find it, we're leaving tomorrow morning. And he's like, I'll find this fucking gold. And then I'm going to burn this place fucking down with all these little kids in it. I don't give a hot shit. It's the next day. The goons are like, we're going to set up the car and get ready to go. As he's in the kitchen, he finds Doña Carmen's fake leg. And in the leg, he sees something shiny and he finds all the gold. So when she said, my fake leg is being a real bother to me right now, it's because it was full of gold. That bitch was like Mm -hmm. dragging that leg. And just as he discovers this gold, the goons start up that car and they leave him behind. They're like... (laughs) <laughs> like, peace out, dick. We don't need you. And he's like, more for me. And so as he goes back into the school, the boys lure him down into the water pit. They legit lord of the flies his ass with those fucking spears. And he's got the shotgun and he's like, I'm about to Mm -hmm. fuck you guys up. You really want to. He literally says, is this a joke? Because three little kids pop out of a pillar holding sticks.
1: Here comes Jaime and stabs him in the armpit.
0: Ooh. And it's like a thick, round ass spear, dude. And he's trying to pull it out and he breaks the stick. And then all the other kids come in and they're just like spearing his ass. Carlos picks up the shotgun and he says, Santi. And all the little kids push him into the water. Remember the gold from the leg? He has put it in bags and in his pockets and like tied them to himself. And so that sweet gold weighs his ass down and he can't swim up. But then also... That teeny tiny ghostly ghost, Santi, just swims on over. And honestly, I was like, he's giving him a hug. A sweet, gentle hug. Jacinto's like, no.
1: I mean, how terrifying would that be to find this dead kid down there who's The kid you killed. That is his demise. He fucking drowns down there. Good riddance, goodbye.
0: Peace out, Jacinto. You're fucking hot, but you're a dickhead. The the devil is dead. Carlos goes up to... (laughs) The devil is dead. The devil is dead. Carlos goes up to where the doctor's body is. He leaves him the shotgun. He, like, touches his little face and is crying and is, like, you know, says basically goodbye. The doors, the double doors of the orphanage open up. And these, like, seven little boys, like, one of them is carrying the other. Uh, Galvez has a limp and is using his spear that he just murdered somebody with to, like, hobble. And they just, like, all walk out together. And we hear that speech again from the beginning, which is, ¿Qué es un fantasma? And it's, again, like, is it a picture? Is it a dead person? Whatever. And as this monologue is happening, the camera shows, like, the wreckage of the place and we see Santi standing over the water finally like his life has been resolved and you see the bomb in the courtyard and then el doctor walks into frame and the final line is un fantasma ese soy yo which means a ghost that's who I am end of film which is so like it's just I imagining those kids like walking through the desert.
1: It didn't make me feel better seeing no. them walk away like that. I was like, oh, I'm so scared for these children. As much as, you know, they've escaped this place, but they were safe here for the most part. Yeah. But I was just like, oh my God. From what I understand, 1939 was the last year of the Spanish Civil War. Mm-hmm. But like World War II is about to erupt, you know, just what a heartbreaking ending
0: yeah very sad and that the man who watched out for them can't go with him he's stuck he's like i'm staying Mm -hmm. here forever because he made that vow he was like this is the place that i'm staying and i they i will not be moved basically so sad how about some trivia you
1: want me to go first yes okay here we Go.
0: I have a feeling we'll probably have the same fucking shit.
1: I think we will have some some similar ones, but whatever. We can talk about it at the same time. (laughs) So I wanted to do like a tiny little bit of research on the Spanish Civil War. Great. However, this is a Latinx themed podcast, so I didn't really do that. But (laughs) I did find (laughs) if you do want to get it, like I did do my own research, but that shit is dense. Oof. So if you do want to, like, get into it a little bit, I found this cool video on YouTube called The Devil's Backbone, The Spanish Civil War. Oh. Uh, just find the the YouTube channel Mr. Nerdista, like, nerdista, like a nerd. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Nerdista, he is, he is Spanish, but he's got a British accent, I think is what it was. Well, the, the, all the muros. Absolutely, yeah. So he just talks about how the Spanish Civil War kind of like shows up in this movie and that Guillermo del Toro was basically trying to talk about how Spain doesn't hasn't dealt with the trauma
0: of the Ooh, Spanish Civil War. Yeah. And that is
1: like, that is a huge thing in this film. The bomb in the middle of the... Which just lives the,
0: in this school. Like that's trauma.
1: And nobody talks about it. Nobody fucking talks yeah. about it. Uh, there's like a scene that I didn't catch that you gotta watch the YouTube video but there's a scene where Jacinto and Conchita are like trying to fix a radio and he
0: smashes it
1: so the radio you can hear it like kind of tell the news but then Jacinto smacks it and it plays music so it's like he's just ignoring the fact that this shit is happening and like that is just the beauty and the artistry of Guillermo del Toro that he like you could watch it over and over and over right and discover more
0: like childhood trauma also like a mm-hmm. ghost that what is a ghost it's trauma
1: that exactly Ooh, that's girl. exactly what it is like a ghost trauma. Like, all these things are just, like, echoes of heavy shit. Yeah. And it's, like, you either got to confront it and deal with it or not, and it'll continue to affect you forever and
0: ever Absolutely. And And
1: haunt you. Yeah. Haunt you. So check out that YouTube channel, that YouTube video. There's also another video I found that was called, like, The Trauma of of Guillermo del Toro, which just talks about trauma in his movies and how well he explores that. Well, he YouTube. really
0: does. He does do a he very does. good job at that stuff,
1: and that's why these his movies are usually like, damn, they just really Get, affect yeah. you. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, okay, so a few other little fun things. Guillermo del Toro has said that this is his favorite movie.
0: Well, so I saw that too, and it said in two thousand three. So, ah. so <laughs>
1: that is true. I have it here too. Two thousand three. I missed. I misunderstood that maybe he was like although I did see an interview from later that he's like this feels like my first movie apparently his first movie was Kronos Uh but he had such a difficult time making that movie that I think this one he got a little bit more money because Almodovar was like here's some money Yeah. This one lives on in his heart and has a very special place. Maybe now it's The Shape of Water because they gave him all those fucking Oscars. But... <laughs> I, honestly, sabe?
0: if he wasn't like, Hellboy is my favorite film. <laughs> I feel like that would have been pretty funny. But I mean,
1: I'm sure he holds a special place in his heart for all of his movies. Sure. Okay, so this little thing here. In order to make Fernando Tielbe, who was Carlos, the little kid... In order to make him cry if he was unable to, Del Toro would complain of his acting skills out loud and express his disappointment with his work. Wow. I hope this is untrue.
0: Those are some mind games.
1: Talk about trauma, because that's fucked up. Yeah. I tried to find out more about that, like if maybe the kid actor had talked about it, but I couldn't find anything. Also, so apparently in a first draft of this movie, it was supposed to take place during the Mexican Revolution. And there were like different ideas of the ghost. Instead of being a child, there was going to be a Christ with three arms, which sounds horrifying. Awful. A doddering old man with a needle, also horrifying. Yeah. A desiccated ghost with black eyes as a caretaker, which I guess then was just they Jacinto was enough yeah. as of a horrifying character, and then beings who are red from head to foot, which I guess we could do this movie too. Or it makes me think of Crimson Peak because that is Guillermo del Toro. It's true, it? yeah. Yeah, I think that's totally that's totally him. Although that movie is filled with like you know white people. Mm. So I didn't notice this in the movie but por- according to the director you can only see the bones in Santi when he is in moonlight?
0: Oh, okay. But when
1: he when we see him for the first time standing in the doorway, could have sworn you could see his little bones. You can. And it's sun again, sabe. Who knows? Apparently that was the idea. They did a great job with the um with that ghost. Like I guess now 20 years later it's a little dated. Yeah. But the artistry like I saw a video where he was like I wanted him to look like a porcelain doll. He fucking nailed it. Yeah, for it sure.
0: The crack in his head it looks like cr- 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 yeah. it looks like porcelain like for sure. Like a
1: doll, exactly. Yeah. That was thrown. Okay, and the last thing I ha- I was like has anybody ever made rum with babies in it? Oof. No, of course they haven't. I mean, if they have Nobody knows about it. But I was like, "Okay, well, what are the actual benefits of rum? This is so random, everybody. (laughs) But I'm throwing it in there because I was like, there's no way that it could help with impotence because it's fucking booze. Yeah, it'll make Uh, it softer. However, exactly. (laughs) However, the benefits of rum are it reduces anxiety. It gives a warming effect. Sure. It prevents the common cold as it has antimicrobial properties. Okay, It reduces the pain in muscles. It reduces the risk of heart disease. It prevents Alzheimer's disease. It prevents dementia and cancer. And it is a secret for a prolonged lifeline as it is believed to increase approximately two to five years.
0: What? Should we be drinking rum?
1: Flor de caña. (laughs) Flor de caña all the
0: way, baby.
1: So those are my little fun facts.
0: Well, you know, listen, when I was little, my Nicaraguan mom would give me a shot of dark rum, half a limes, juiced and a big old tablespoon of honey mixed together and then microwave for like 15 seconds and i was a little kid sipping on this fucking rum mix and i still do it to this day when my throat feels funky
1: right it's when you're sick yeah absolutely like think of a hot toddy which i believe is whiskey
0: it's yes i believe so
1: you could fucking throw some rum
0: in there instead yeah and they're delicious they're delicious so here's everybody rum do it um (laughs) and also most latin american countries export it so do your do do your countries a favor and fucking Mm -hmm. drink that rum (laughs) uh okay my trivia in moderation moderation, you will get a soft (laughs) dick if you fucking drink too much of it Oh my God! Okay, so my trivia is: uh, this movie is inspired by a lot of personal memoir memories of Guillermo del Toro, uh, specifically Mm. his relationship with an uncle who apparently came back as a ghost,
1: like he saw him. Yeah. Ooh! Yikes! Yeah. Creepy.
0: It's the sibling film to Pan's Labyrinth, which we said before. Mm -hmm. The look of. Santi, which is not only was it porcelain based, but he also was very inspired by Japanese horror, specifically Ringu and Juwan.
1: Totally. Yes. Which I've never seen
0: either. So I, I trust and believe that that is the truth.
1: Just a pale ass ghost, a pale dark hair, dark eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally.
0: The good guys in the movies, all their names starts with C except for Jacinto and Jaime, who share a J, but Jaime chooses to change in the end, so uh, like that was like done on purpose, which is sure. pretty interesting. He wrote this film before he wrote Kronos, which is his first one. It took 16 years of development to... Wow. Yeah, he started writing it when he was in college. Wow. The title, The Devil's Backbone, a.k.a. El Espinazo del Diablo, is um reference to spina bifida which is like the nickname that spina bifida has in spanish
1: i don't know what spina i don't know what happens
0: it's what when it grows and it's not developed like your spine isn't developed properly so remember how you were afraid about pet cemetery and her back being crazy spina bifida there you go (laughs) she was in one of those jars (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> fucking zelda um
1: oh, god stay in that jar
0: yes so <laughs> gdt good old guillermo he bumped into pedro Almodovar at the 1994 miami film festival where he was showing chronos and that's when Almodóvar was like i will fund your next film i just watched chronos let's do this So, which is awesome. Um, This is the only film as of 2018 that does not feature Ron Perlman or Doug Jones. You know,
1: I saw that and I totally misunderstood it. I was like, Ron Perlman was not in Pan's Labyrinth. But I think they mean either or. (laughs) I was like, who was he? Who... Who was he? You know what I thought for a second. I was like, maybe they put him in that big. Maybe that big toad was like a costume because Ron, <laughs> Ron Perlman's a big guy. Maybe, maybe he was in that toad uh, costume. And oh then my I reread God. it and I was like, you are incorrect. Incorrect.
0: Are- <laughs> oh, uh, he wrote a full bio, like a full biography of Jacinto and Jacinto's parents. And gave it to the actor, Eduardo Noriega, before shooting so that he could know, like, the full background of this nightmare person. Yeah. Isn't that cool?
1: What a gift to the actor.
0: Truly. Before he was a director, Guillermo del Toro was a special effects makeup artist, like an actual one. And he had a Hmm. company called Necropia, which is Cool. cool. And my last bit of trivia is... He was pretty unhappy with how Miramax treated him while he was making the film Mimic, which I've heard is his least favorite of his movies. I love Um, Mimic. Never seen. We need to Uh, watch it. But he was very unhappy with uh, how Miramax handled stuff, which led, are you ready for this? Yes. It led to James Cameron, of all people, to almost come to blows with Harvey motherfucking weinstein at the 70th academy awards
1: holy shit so james cameron was like coming to del toro's defense correct because harvey weinstein was being such a fucking asshole yes wow i'm i'm kind of impressed by james cameron
0: so am i who is notoriously a douche noz so like i know
1: that wow oh yeah i can assume Wow, holy shit. I, I would love to look up like what happened at the- Me which one? too.
0: 97? The 70th. Oh, I don't know what year that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch it
1: be 97. Uh, amazing. Oh my God. Good Very for you, cool.
0: James Cameron. You punched that motherfucker in the fucking face. Yeah,
1: Please, please. I wish we could have footage of this. What the fuck? Yeah. Are you ready for some uh, questions? Yes. Okay, here we go. Were you scared? <laughs>
0: I'm gonna say más menos. There were moments of fear, but for the most part, not really scared. I'm gonna
1: say exactly the same. I literally wrote, wrote, kinda, kinda. All right, what was your best scare?
0: I think, and I, it's, it was very predictable, but the the keyhole, the keyhole I... Sure. Really, mm-hmm. like I was like no 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 and they they did it. there was like a strong like musical moment there too, like a sound that was like mm-hmm. particularly <laughs> so Yeah that one. It
1: was the most like classically, we're gonna scare yeah, you yeah, right yeah, now yeah, kind yeah. of thing. For me, it was the whole pitcher refill scene which gave you not a jump scare. Yes. But the whole thing was like they built that tension so well, it was full of dread. I don't remember if you saw the ghost. I think you did. You do. You see his little feet as him. he's like approaching, yeah. and that whole thing, like even the, the whole sequence, was really, really good yeah. and super creepy. So that's gonna take it for me. Absolutely. Who is your who was your favorite character?
0: You know, usually I go for the little kids when they're great and all that stuff. But for me, it was Doctor Casares. Yeah, I just loved mm-hmm. how much he loved Doña Carmen. And, like, him reciting that poem to her as she was dying really, really got me. And I just thought he was really, really great. I really liked his performance.
1: Yeah. And then in the end, so heartbreaking. So with him. sad. That little final monologue. Yeah. For me, randomly, it was Jaime, the bully
0: kid. Okay.
1: You said something that Del Toro said that I also wrote down here where he said, I wanted to have Jacinto and Jaime, Jaime share the same initial because Jaime is a bully that chooses to change, unlike his grown-up counterpart. So, like, Jaime for me had, he was the most interesting storyline to watch because at the beginning you're just like, oh gosh, please don't let this poor kid Carlos have to deal with this bully. But the whole time I was like, I just want you two to be friends. And as much as it was a difficult friendship, you know, like, Jaime kept pushing back, they did, like join forces in the end yeah and Jaime was the one who saw fucking Santi being killed like the whole thing I thought he was complicated and interesting and the kid did a good job so Jaime you're taking it
0: and also going back to the whole like trauma of Mm -hmm. it all I think he out of all the little boys you'd expect Carlos to be the one that holds all the like stronger traumatic stuff but if anything Mm -hmm. it's jaime jaime is the one that has to deal with the repercussions of seeing his friend be murdered and being Mm -hmm. the only one that knows about his friend being murdered about literally watching a bomb drop upon him like he is feet away from Mm -hmm. that fucking bomb so yeah i can see i can see why why he's your fave he did a good job that sweet boy yeah What
1: was your best line? I had two. Mm -hmm. Give them to me. Let's hear it.
0: (laughs) Está (laughs) hecha de moco y barro. Yeah. Just a marble made of snot and dirt. Gross. Ew. But the word moco to me is so funny. I Mm loved it. Uh, But I think the one that's going to take it for me is Doña Carmen saying Siempre agarrandote a un clavo ardiendo It was such a Mm. good way of describing Dr. Casares Like you have hope all the time Mm. and you don't want to let it go and he doesn't He holds on to that hope until the end of the film He sits at his station and dies in it He held hope that carmen would fall in love with him and be with him and he pined i mean it that line really really totally encompassed i think who he was
1: Mm. yeah beautifully written line for me it was also casares it was but it was his opening line which i'm just going to translate into english which is what is a ghost a tragedy condemned to repeat itself time and again an instant of pain, perhaps, something dead which still seems to be alive. An emotion suspended in time, like a blurred photograph, like an insect trapped in amber. Just that is poetry. So oh, beautiful. Great way to start the movie. Yeah. And then heartbreaking to but at hear the it end again. Of the movie, he repeats it and he says I'm a ghost. Yeah. Jesus. What was your best death?
0: For me it was the lady with glasses getting fully <laughs>
1: Forecita.
0: Fully engulfed in flames, like, getting blown up. But, like, the way that they did it, it was just like, and she's gone because she's in the...
1: Swallowed. Sw- by fireball.
0: Fox. Crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, for me, it's Jacinto being killed by the kids with the spears, or at least very uh, heavily injured. Yeah. And then getting pulled down by the gold, his own greed, and then Santi, who he killed. Ugh poetic justice
0: yes it does it does feel very good did
1: you learn anything about this culture
0: i'll say not really even though i do think that there is a lot to learn from this movie specifically about the spanish civil war
1: yeah mine is pretty much the same just learning more about the spanish civil war and just i guess i didn't realize how brutal it was the movie showed me that but then i had to kind of go and do my own research, like you said, to find right. out more. So, yeah, I did learn stuff. It just took a little bit of doing to get there. Sure. How many ooys are you going to give this movie?
0: I'm going to give it three ooys. Hmm. Not because it's bad. Mm-hmm. For me, the ooys are about the scariness mm-hmm. and the horror and the actual ooh of it all. Mm-hmm. There was nary a moment where I was not entertained or sad or, you know, uh, there it was gorgeous but when it comes to the actual uis mm-hmm. here and there sp- peppered throughout so i'd say 3
1: for me the oois do encompass like ouy i'm scared but also it does like i'm just th- mushing it all together like did i like this film i'm going to give this a solid 4 granted yeah i wasn't really scared but that will not take away from the fact that i was just like i was moved the performances were so goddamn good I loved it. It's
0: a great movie.
1: Oui, That's a great score.
0: (laughs) Yeah, good job, Guillermo del Toro. Also, who are we? We're no one, so. Yeah,
1: please.
0: Come on. Well, (laughs) another film in the books, number 10. What a delight! 10.
1: I'm I'm impressed by us, honestly.
0: Me too. I'm proud Here, of us. <laughs> 10, Ten movies in the bag. Well, we hope you enjoyed. I hope you go and see this movie. It's on. I mean, I rented it on Amazon Prime.
1: That's what I did too. It's, it's out there. It's all over the place. Yeah, you can find it in so many places.
0: Give Give it a shot if you haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, rate and review us.
1: Subscribe. Subscribe
0: to our ch- to our channel <laughs> to our. Yeah. Podcast channel.
1: Find us on Instagram and Twitter because we're always, we'll share with you on Friday what movie it is we'll be talking about. So that gives you the chance to watch the movie, which we want you to do. Yes. And then uh, the next Monday we release the episode for you to listen to. It works perfectly. So come out. And also, you
0: know, in general, send us notes and messages. We're on all the Mm -hmm. DMs and stuff. If you want to yeah. eat, if you want to email us, we're at wikiorora gmail. Come on.
1: Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why on, wouldn't you? Just send you? us a nice little hello.
0: <laughs> hello. Um, <laughs> have a lovely week, cause it's Monday. Mm-hmm. Enjoy yourself. Have uh, a lovely beginning of your December. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess that's it. Hey Johnny, I fucking love you, dude.
1: I fucking love you too.
0: Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> so much we'll love. see you. <laughs> we'll <laughs> see you guys later. Adios. Adios.
1: Bye. Salone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then
0: Judy discovered com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs>